Welcome back, everybody. This is the Chase Doesn't Know podcast, and I have a special episode for you today with my friend Meredith Wagesback. I've known Meredith for a few years, and she has employed me from time to time to do some website work and some marketing work for her. Um, but she needs no help from anybody because she is the type of person that goes out and gets things done. She now has a 10-year-old business, uh, Sweet Baton Rouge. Uh, watching her work and seeing her business and herself develop over the past few years and progress and see continued success has been awesome to watch and an inspiration for me. And of course, I knew that uh, that everyone who listens to the po- to the podcast would enjoy hearing her perspective on things as well. Also, if you follow Meredith, she said that she's thinking about starting her own podcast. So you, if you know her or don't know her. You should find her on Instagram at Sweet Baton Rouge and tell her that she should start one because that would be cool. Thank you for downloading this episode. I would very much appreciate if you subscribed and left a little review for it. And if not, totally fine. I just hope you enjoy hearing this conversation with my friend Meredith Wagesbeck. <laughs> Well, Meredith, thank you so much. I think this episode might sound a little different than normal because we are sitting in your store, brand new store. Yeah. How has the last month been for you? It's been, um, it's been a lot of emotions. It's been amazing in the sense that we have a storefront that everybody can come shop and visit us and we have extended hours from 10 to six. And so that's amazing. Um, it's been a new way of life to figure out how to juggle between our store and how to juggle um, also everything from an operations standpoint at our office with all of our shipments and distributions and keeping up with emails and just all the operational things. And this is like a big change. So the, the company is 10 years old when, what's the day? In October. In October. So October yeah. 2020 is 10 years. I, yeah. Yep. And it's been a lot of, like I mentioned, we were talking before, uh, watching you since I've known you, it's always like you're doing something and then you have a new idea and then you just attack that idea and do it and then you, you do the next thing. So yeah. this last idea with the store opening and everything has been a big change from what you've been used to. Absolutely. I got really comfortable being where we were. We were in an office space that we turned into a showroom. And so we could work with customers directly in the showroom, but we could also handle all of our distribution um, all at one time and in one space. And, you know, once we started making the decision to open the store, that's when we started talking about, you know, how are we going to handle this distribution? How are we going to, where is it going to go? You know, just starting to focus on all the things. Because at first we were thinking we would just run it all here throughout the store, kind of mm-hmm. like we were doing in the showroom. But um, I didn't want to have so much going on here in the store when customers were here. I wanted us to be able to focus directly on the customers, not focusing and worrying about pulling things before someone came and got it, before we <laughs> right. had a chance to print the order and ship it. So, um, so a lot of that kind of came into play at the very beginning stages. Cool. Um, so what's like the, I, I do want to talk, 
I have like a ton of notes to, yeah. about things I want to talk about with you. Um, but let's talk a little bit more um, on like actual running of the store, like the okay. logistics, how you manage the things happening. You mentioned a few minutes ago, which I I didn't. I assumed that this was not the case, but you said that it is. That you've actually been maintaining two different inventories because yeah. you have the huge online, which has been the majority of the business over the past right. uh, few years. Now you have this awesome store. Um, and, but you've actually been having to maintain inventories two inventories. Two so, all yeah. right, so walk me through, and you don't have to give any away of your secrets, I guess. Yeah, but no. walk me through like what you use to do that and how, and how, like, the, how you've been handling those well, things. Well, I mean, I don't do anything super savvy. I wish I had a little bit more of a savvy solution, but I, um, I pretty much, I am constantly looking at our inventory levels. We print with our printers multiple times a week if needed mm -hmm. and I'm very gracious because we get to work with someone locally and we've been able over the I mean they've been printing for me almost for seven years so over the seven years we've created our own process that they specifically work with me directly with our process and how we buy ship distribute to them, print, pick up, bring back, distribute between both locations. Okay. So it's, there's, a ton, there's a ton of moving parts every single day. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's just, it was over the summer before the store opened, the biggest thing for me was just to start bulking up on inventory because I knew going in that the store was gonna need inventory, the online store needed inventory and you know, by the time the store opened, it was, you know, we, we, we had it all together. And so now it's just, um, maintaining that. So I think the hard part's done. Okay. Other than like large collections when they come into play, um, they'll probably go online first and then get distributed into the store a few days later. Okay. So it's, it's, and it's been a little bit more challenging because of COVID because, shirts are out of inventory or like I've never experienced in my 10 years like on the hunt for for inventory as much as I am it's been way challenging um and then just shipping like they don't ship like they used to mm -hmm. and so that causes delays and when I am on a very time crunch schedule every single week and the package didn't go out like it said it was supposed to, then it just causes more delays, you know, for us to be able to get our packages out for our customers. So it's always like this domino effect sometimes. Yeah. And these are new challenges that I'm having to face that we never had to face before. Um, because once we put it on our spreadsheet and our printers see what's on our spreadsheet, it's usually rock and roll. There's no question anything's gonna be delayed it's always pretty easy. So that's been a big, a big issue just that I'm personally, you know, from a operational standpoint, working on and constantly very aware that, yeah. that these issues are continuing so, to happen. So how do you like balance what, and this may go back to like when you first started, or maybe this happens every time you have a new design, but um, I, I don't understand or can't think about how you would balance how many shirts to like get printed at the beginning? So like, do you do you have to guess how many you think you're gonna sell? And I kind then... of based on design or kind of forecast a little bit about how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. um, that usually helps, and then from there, because I never want to have too much inventory. 
And, and then sometimes inventory is just, at this moment, just hard to get, so I get what I can get. But, um, but overall, like, it just, you know, trial and error over the last 10 years has helped me kind of know, like, what to buy and what not to buy, and I still sometimes overbuy, and I make a mistake there, and I'm like, okay, note taken, whatever. But, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's just, just trial and error over the last 10 years, you kind of know. Just like testing it and mm-hmm. experiencing and yeah. maybe messing a few up to yeah. figure out what to do. Yeah. Cool. But I never <laughs> typically overbuy too much. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I might overbuy is like, like so game day season is a great example. Um, you know, I have different printers for different things too. So like our LSU designs get printed differently, has a whole different sk- schedule than how the rest of our designs go. Mm-hmm. So not knowing with game day, we want to make sure we're really stocked up on everything so we're not going weeks without inventory. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it really is a balancing act and right. trial and error. And just, you know, sometimes we might end up with more. Sometimes we won't. Sometimes, you know, we can't get it. It's just, you know, very, very much trial and error and just hope each year after each year that I continue can can just hopefully kind of make a good decision um, whenever it comes to printing. More practice, getting better at it. Yeah. What's, uh, so what's, uh, I had a big question about like how you kind of come up with ideas and things. I know you have a designer that has been working with you for since the beginning. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, not not since the beginning, but she's been on for about seven years. Okay. And she's also um, my co-partner into Local Pop-Up, which is our sister company. And so um, she's great at what she does, and we've been able to just kind of know each other's style a lot. Mm-hmm. So we can concept and come up with ideas, and then um, we work together with those ideas, or she brings ideas, and um, it's just a good uniform fit because she's been part of this brand almost from the very beginning. Right. So she really knows what our customers like. Um, just based on, you know, repeat sales, we kind of know what people are liking versus not. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of, stri- you know, we again, it goes back to printing. We learn a lot from over the years of what designs people do gravitate to and what they don't. So what's the normal uh, life, life timeline or life sequence yeah. of like a design? So like when, so, from when it starts to when you're selling it. So some, oh, um, <laughs> well, some designs... We call them legacy or classic designs. So some of them have been around for from either from almost the beginning to, you know, have some serious longevity, which is nice because I, I eventually like I would love to be able to just have more of our classics and then just be able to release certain collections throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so having 10 years in business, we have definitely been able to build upon that classic legacy that's like our best sellers that will have a life shelf forever as long as people are still interested in buying them. And then outside of that, we'll do specific collections tied to different parts of the seasons of the year. So Mardi Gras is a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, we typically design that around mid-November. It gets printed and um, photographed usually by the end of December, if not the very beginning of January. And depending on the Mardi Gras season, when we sell out, we sell out. Okay. And so we don't keep Mardi Gras year round. And then 
that goes the same for like crawfish season um, and holiday. Okay. And then outside of that, we do different Louisiana themes um, throughout the year. So we'll do like a spring and a fall. And then we also, because of our Sweet and Southern collection is usually very popular, we try to incorporate a few new designs into that in the spring and also in the fall. Okay, cool. So, um, so that's kind of how we design, print, ship, photograph is all broken down by seasons or quarters of the year. So what are you thinking about right now? So right now we're working on our fall Sweet and Southern and um, we will finish that very soon and then we'll probably start working on our holiday and before you know it, we'll be back to Mardi Gras. Yeah. Even though I have no idea what Mardi Gras is going to look like next year, we're still going to push forward with Mardi Gras because that's one of our yeah. favorite collections besides game day is probably our two most popular collections mm -hmm. each year. And super heavy on the Louisiana. Yes. Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So uh, I, I, I kind of know like your background story and things okay. like that. And then of course you did. Uh, a podcast with the legendary Patrick Grimion and uh -huh. gave him some of that info. But you're not originally from Baton Rouge, is that right? That's correct. Okay. So I, I moved here when I was 19, um, just for personal reasons. And I took a few years off and worked, worked various jobs. And then around 23 is when I decided to go back to college. I went to Southeastern and got my degree in marketing. I worked a full-time job as a store manager while I went to college full-time. Um, I graduated the year of Hurricane Katrina, and shortly after that, I got married in 2006. Um, I have two children that I adopted from my husband's previous marriage, and I have uh, a son together with my husband who's 12. So we have three kids that are, two are in their 20s, and then we have our 12-year-old, and then I have four beautiful grandchildren as well. <laughs> so I am a very young mama. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Um, which I do, I did kind of want to talk about your family some, yeah. but before we get there, I was going to ask, uh, why, why Baton Rouge, I guess? Okay. Why? Cause your brand is very, and like, again, like we talked before we started the podcast, there's kind of been an evolution. Yeah. And something else I'd love to hear yeah. your perspective on. Cause you've been a big um, part of that evolution. Uh, a small part, but, um, very small, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like why, so why, I don't know. I can't, okay. This well, is a little cheesy. I came up with like this thing before is like, why Baton Rouge and why is it so sweet? Okay. So I guess that's the question I'm getting so, at. <laughs> so basically I grew up in a small town, um, best kind of living. I loved it being in North Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, my, my parents were, were getting a divorce. So my mom, she moved here. My dad moved to a different place. So really I was living in Natchitoches, which is why still Magnolias is such a special collection that we have for our sweet and Southern line. Um, because I spent a good semester there in school and I absolutely just was engulfed with so much love of the town. And anyway, back to Baton Rouge. So <laughs> um, I moved down here literally when I first moved here. I did not unpack my car for a few weeks because I was just like, you know, it's, it's a different way of living from living as from a small town mm -hmm. to come into the big city. So I always resonate moving to Baton Rouge driving over the Mississippi Bridge and listening to Call in Baton Rouge. Cool. 
Cool. And so that resonated with me and it was one of our first designs that we created um, after we had been in business for a little bit and we started the Sweet Baton Rouge t-shirt um, back in 2011. And it just has always been just, I don't know, I just it just resonates with me. And then the more that I've become part of being in Baton Rouge and meeting people, because I mean, when you move here, you don't know a soul, mm-hmm. you know, so you really have to get to know people. And um, so just just learning more about the city, meeting people, just different experiences I've had over the years. Um, I mean, I've met my husband here. So it's just like this has become my home, my my new legacy in life and my place to be able to just create this new experience for ourselves with this company is just what I find is super sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so what do you, along that, what do you kind of see as the uh, potential or like the future uh, for Baton Rouge and like you here in Baton Rouge? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I hope for, especially like where I'm located, um, my hopes and what I've heard, like this whole area that we're in is just going to continue to get redeveloped is really neat that the developers are taking these old buildings that have just been here and redeveloping them and bringing them new life. And I think the more that that happens, the more that this current area where we're at is just going to continue to just flourish and grow. And that's where you get the community and different things that, you know, that we're passionate about and bring that all here. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, and as far as the growth of Sweet Baton Rouge, I mean, we're just slowly plugging away, just trying to put our names out there. You know, we're still a very small business. Um, It may not come across as being a small business, but for our goals and dreams and where we hope to be, we're we still have a really long ways to get there. Mm. And so... um, so we definitely have really high goals for Sweet Baton Rouge and definitely there's a lot of things behind the scenes that we're working on and hoping to accomplish as a team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we just love being a part of all this new growth and mm-hmm. new experiences that we can kind of do together as this whole area and just different things throughout Baton Rouge continue to grow. Cool. And it should be said that your new store location that we're sitting in is in the Electric Depot on Government Street, which is this super cool, used to be Entergy, I think. Yeah, it was an old energy building. So it's like a two, three story brick old school building and they have shops in here now. Yep. Coffee shop, restaurant. Coffee shop, restaurants. And and what's great is, like I said, that there all these excuse me, all these buildings that are near us all throughout Government Street have been sold. Mm-hmm. two people that are going to redevelop them and bring and shed new life. And, and there's just so many different pockets of places that are going to, over the years, are going to redevelop into something so nice. And then it's just going to be so exciting to see in five years what all of this is going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I was going to ask about like uh, 
and I, I, I think I say this on like every episode. It's like I'm talking with someone, mm -hmm. and then while they're while they're talking, I'll have like a hundred things. I'm like, man, I could ask about that. Right. So I'll do my best to navigate through here. Okay. But uh, so I want to ask you about um, like the the general idea of like the community and everything because the brand that you have is community focused. Right. And then of course this new storefront, it's like the it's not you just setting up on a corner somewhere. Yeah. It's like a community type feel. So uh, how have you? And again, with some of the other things that you've done, the local pop-ups, the, mm -hmm. the fitness things, and the, the insider thing, uh, it, there's a really big, it seems like, community effort behind, or like Absolutely. you're sharing with community. So how, did, how do you kind of find, uh, how do you kind of pull from the community aspect and then use that for advantage in your business? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, and, I, and we were talking about this earlier, like, over the years, um, I can really visualize more and more each day where this company is headed and how we're growing and what I hope for it in the future. And the community part is a big part. Um, I think it's great to integrate not just, hey, come to our store, buy our t-shirts and whatever. I want to be known that Sweet Baton Rouge, A, gives back to the community. Um, or in time of need, we're here to give back to those that, that need it. And then um, adding the fun experiences to the mix. So creating the workouts or creating the holiday pop-up and really working with other small businesses um, to bring their products now that we have a storefront into the store so they can have some exposure. And then also creating different um, other type of events where they can be tented and they can bring all their selection or just having a place where local makers can be able to come and be a part of, of the store and participate out on the greens um, for more exposure. And then just having people out here just makes it, it just, I don't know, I feel like I'm stumbling here, but it just creates that just like you feel like you're you know one another, like mm -hmm. you want to just hang out with each other mm -hmm. and support other local businesses as you're hanging out and doing different things. Like it just feels like there's no effort put into it mm -hmm. and it creates some fun synergy whenever you do that. And when we were looking for locations, um, that was definitely one of the things that we were looking for is how can we integrate some of the things that we do here at a place that has the potential for creating that experience mm -hmm. for others. And um, it's just been, I can't wait because we're, you know, we just moved in and uh, we have a lot of ideas of things that we're hoping to be able to do. I am going to give a little shout out. We have our ultimate tailgate that's going to be Friday, September the 25th from 5 to 8. And it's going to be our first event here at Electric Depot. So we're super excited about it. We have boutiques that we work with on board. We have local makers on board. Uh, we have music signed up. And we just hope that it's just a fun event that you can come out and you can participate in and shop and just see all the, all the different type of businesses that are here um, all throughout the Baton Rouge um, I shoot, we even have some coming from Shreveport. Nice. Just different 
parts of local makers that are going to be here that night and then boutiques that are sprinkled all across Louise or all across the Baton Rouge surrounding mm -hmm. area and just make it a fun night to kind of gear up for game day which was a fun slogan we had a couple years that's ago that's true that is true yes <laughs> I have used a, it ever since nice that was like a good while like five years ago maybe now something like a that. long time yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so uh, I want to. I hope you, I answered your question. No, you did. You did, <laughs> and uh, and I'm probably stumbling to answer some uh, to ask some good questions too, because again, there's a lot to, to talk about. But yeah. you, so you mentioned like uh, you have a lot of ideas. Uh, so if we can, let's just like, because uh, like we were mentioning before. It, well, again, my my brain is going a few different know, ways here. Yeah. But so let's. I want to list like so you have Sweet Baton Rouge, yeah. which is like clothing apparel. Correct. company and then you have the Louisiana Lanyap box which is a subscription box yep. that uh, people can sign up for and get Louisiana products yes and then fill in the gaps here for me whenever I get but then you have the local pop-ups mm -hmm. is that a yearly thing so local pop-up is or? its own brand and yep. like I said it's it's ran between me and Sarah who's our graphic designer but she's also we're partners together um, so that is it's it's inside the store mm -hmm. anytime you, they're called it's like a local pop-up our family members you okay. know um you can buy their products here in the store all the time but then we specifically have our holiday event right that's once a year and that's in perkins row it used to be in perkins oh, row, okay but we're gonna do it here this year got it okay yeah. cool and um we're waiting on some final um approvals for here at electric depot and how we're gonna do all of that but those those will be coming out very soon cool. and um, we're very excited to kind of make a shift and be able to have it here in the store. And then um, you talked about Lanyap Box. It's, yep. a, it's a Louisiana subscription box. So we design a t-shirt every month um, for the box. It's always brand new. So it's never a t-shirt that you could currently find online until you've received the box. And then we usually have four louisiana products that go in the box that work inside that theme okay and then um we started a fitness line called don't stop just go and it's um just athleisure wear to um just to be able to kind of wear or the main goal for don't stop just go is to find 10 minutes to work out whenever you can throughout the day to just to be able to kind of get your body moving and and that is an evolving brand um and you have like you have like events so along we, with that yes. and I, I think you've done you have like a facebook group you do videos and things like that yes. okay. so we have a facebook group and because <clears throat> of the store opening and um again talking about balance um with all these different things that we have going on i've had to kind of move different directions and, and create a little balance for myself. So it has been a little more silent than normal uh, with the workouts, but I'm hoping uh, come October, I'll be able to kind of get back and, and incorporate mm -hmm. different workouts and show that through our Facebook group. And then we do have a Facebook and Instagram for Don't mm -hmm. Stop, Just Go. But it's also, um, it's my personal space where I also love to share uh, faith so it's really faith and fitness based uh, for Don't Stop, Just Go. And, and then we also have our blog, which is Sweet Baton Rouge Insiders. And our insiders are a group of different individuals that are also our ambassadors. 
And then we also uh, create content and build blogs around different things that are happening in the Baton Rouge area to keep you up to date. Um, it has also been a little bit more silent just because there hasn't been anything going on in the last six <laughs> Unfortunately. months. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. But we do have some really great content that's over there on our blog, and we're really excited that now we're in phase three. I'm hoping that more restaurants can mm -hmm. can um, run at more capacity. Uh, I don't know if the bars and stuff get to reopen. I, I don't know all the specifics there, yep. but it will be nice to start seeing things happening again. Um, so are those, the, those are the, I think those are the main, those are the main things, parts. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I was kind of setting, Nothing new. I was kind of, <laughs> not yet, <laughs> very soon. I'm sure. Uh, I was kind of setting that up a little bit because all of those things kind of started 10 years ago with like mm -hmm. one t-shirt. Yes. Okay. So, and then that leads me into a question that I'd like to try to get your, try to pick your brain a little okay. bit is how you come up with your ideas and is it. Are you, do you just all of a sudden feel inspired? Do you have to sit down and brainstorm? For the t-shirts or for? For just anything. I mean, you've got like fitness, um, you've got the, the insider blogging, you've got all of the different, uh, you know, designs for the clothing. And well, then, we, and then the, the big thing of like wanting to go out and reach these local makers and, yeah. and create something around There's that. There's a ton of planning involved. Um, going back to Sarah, who's our you know, co-partner in lo local pop-up. Um, you know, when it comes to the local pop-up side, I mean, we definitely plan and, and work through all of that um, ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to just Sweet Baton Rouge and all the other things, I mean, it's definitely, we plan everything out in a month in advance. So um, we tried, I mean, I was like, woohoo, I'm doing awesome this year. <laughs> I got like three or four months planned out. <laughs> This was like in February. I'm like, March, March, April, May is just going to rock because, you know, I'm ahead of schedule. <laughs> and then that I basically threw all that away because mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do any of it. So um, so a lot of times, I mean, we really do try to plan ahead. So Sarah and I work together, even with just We Baton Rouge, um, to plan ahead. And then now that we have team team members, we definitely start to incorporate them into the planning. And now that we have a store, it's like a whole different ball game yeah. of just merchandising and doing different things. So everything is really thought, thoughtfully done and um, planned out and really put together usually at the beginning of each month. So we know what we're focusing on for the whole month. Okay. If that makes and I mean, in some months are kind of like pre, like we have a good idea. Um, and at the beginning of this year, Sarah and I, we, when we um, met for like our annual like goals for this year, we definitely categorize all the different collections and try to really focus on what that's going to look like for the whole year. Not necessarily what the designs will be but more or less concepts of the direction we want to go in. Okay, cool. And then, of course, if we are just totally inspired, I mean, Sarah is definitely the, the, the on the more art-driven or, or, you know, she, she's got more of that, that side in her where I'm very operational. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, she may come with some amazing ideas to the table, and, and it, it was not necessarily pre-planned, but it's just perfect and super fitting and so mm -hmm. um so as much as we try to plan ahead things do just kind of pop up and like oh let's run with that cool 
how, how much do you, um, <clears throat> like, I know you've mentioned, uh, like just now you mentioned that you're very operational and plan out things and, uh, how, how have you been able to find, and now that you have a few employees that work with you, like, how do you find somebody to work with you? I guess that, that meets kind of, you know, that doesn't conflict with what you're right. trying to do, but kind of helps you move things along. Well, when we were talking like <clears throat> the people that we, um, started with before the store opened, they just came very organically. And um, they have just been a huge, huge rock for me. Um, I mean, I just don't know what I would do without them. I don't think things could just keep flourishing and going as they as they are without them. But it's just, you know, God's timing like has brought people our way. And their personalities and characteristics that we were looking for just have kind of really happened, just happened organically. And so um, I think for me, it was just a blessing to be able to have these employees prior to opening this store Mm -hmm. because I've been able to slowly like take off the things that I've always done and hand them off to other people. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I think people don't realize, even though, again, yes, we're still a small business, um, you know, as you transition as, as just the one person that does the majority of the operational type stuff, from shipping to ordering to all that kind of stuff, and then you start to slowly, like, pass the torch and give things off, you know, that has been one of the hardest things for me to do over the last year but I'm thankful that we had that whole year to kind of work through those things, kind of even create some one-sheeters of how to do things. It's helped me, like, think about those things. And, shoot, they've come to me with better ways of how to do things that I didn't ever know. And so it's been a great process. And this was all kind of way before the, the idea of even having the store was going to open. And I think that was just a good test for me as an owner to slowly pass off things. Mm-hmm. And then once I kind of had that, then I can continue to grow the team by adding more people because I have two people that already know all the things mm-hmm. and then I can bring more people in and slowly give them task as much as I can. Um, so they can start feeling a part of the team and yeah. have their own specific roles. So that's kind of what I've been working on with new team members is slowly saying, okay, what is it that you love to do? How can I pass that on to you? Cool. So is there, is there like a, is there something that like you figured out that kind of helped you get over that, um, bump of passing things off or is it just like you daily just testing a, it? And- just daily, like before my two main employees, I had different people that have been part of the team as well over the years, but they might've only worked like one day mm-hmm. or helped just with laying out box or whatever. So it did slowly like allow me over the last five years to kind of slowly like pass Let the torch on certain stuff. things. Yeah. But then having these two uh, really helped a lot because I've given them a lot of responsibility. Um, and that part has been huge for me to just let some of that stuff go and allow them to do it. And I'm still, I'm still working very hard on that <laughs> because when you do things and you've always done them and it's always just been you, you have a tendency to just want to step right in and do them, right. even though you have people that should be doing that. So it's, it's definitely it's been a learning curve for myself to mm-hmm. just let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And it's exciting as we continue to grow. I mean, that's one thing I'm educating myself on is how to continue to be a good leader and pass the things off and but do it in the right way that sets them up for success. And do you foresee a point where you feel like you've mastered that or do you think that it might always be kind of I a... I think it will always be that way. Okay. Because I feel like in business, things are always changing. Mm-hmm. You're always learning and... I don't know if you'll ever be super comfortable, you know. Um, my brother, he, my oldest brother, he is an operator um, at Chick-fil-A in North Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And he's been in the Chick-fil-A business for like almost 30 years. And I've watched him work every single day for years until um, in the last, I don't know, five to seven years he has built up the team. You know, there, there are employees that come and go, but he's got his main hub of employees. And I've been able to watch him, like, go from working constantly to now he has some leisurely time that he can step away and do something because he has the right team in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, you're faced with cha- – I mean, COVID is a great example. I could have just been just as relaxed and happy and comfortable, and then COVID happens, and – you have to make a lot of new changes and shifts just to figure a lot out. So, I mean, I think as a business owner, you're constantly always going to be faced with something. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably not safe <clears throat> to ever feel super comfortable. I think, I think that's a pretty cool thing to hear you and other business people say, because a lot of times people are looking at things from the outside, like, you know, 10 years in and seeing what you're doing. And it's like, wow, Meredith's crushing which does definitely seem like you're crushing everything uh but then also hearing like some of what you're thinking about and like how it's still you're testing and struggling here and there and then these things are working great and these things aren't i wanted to cry last week so i mean (laughs) it's definitely um i mean i'm i'm being faced with all new challenges that i've never experienced before Mm -hmm. i mean even from when i ran a store now i'm the actual owner of a store and an online store it's still totally different mm-hmm. and um, and balancing between locations and then you add virtual school with the 12 year old <laughs> and having to be home. It's just, it is, this is, I mean, I've, my stress level has been so high and I value every single order that comes into our store from here in the store to online. And it weighs on my shoulders if things aren't shipped in this, you know, the right time or Like I wake up dreaming about it. Like I am like, I know customers names. Like I know the things they like and what they buy. And like, I'm, I just have that. I just want to make sure that I am completing all the tasks and doing all the things because I want customers to love and respect what we do Mm -hmm. and creating that legacy and that building that part of our business is so important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you a little bit about, um, kind of the getting, I guess, getting started or ground level type stuff. Cause you've gone, have, have, have had to go through quite a few hurdles for different things. Uh, so tell me about a couple of things that I know nothing about That's okay. the whole point of the, the podcast. <laughs> um, how did you get <clears throat> your products into your first store? Okay. Um, and then after that, maybe talk me through uh, like your whole copywriting process and okay. the licensing and all that. So we started in 2010 <clears throat> and uh, we started with a design that just said football on it. 
and it had a paw print kind of in the middle, um, a very simple design. But um, honestly, we just printed a whole bunch of shirts, and honestly, I literally drove <laughs> uh, anywhere from Lafayette to New Orleans, even up to Bossier City, selling these t-shirts out of the back of my car. And I was just passionate about it. I thought, you know, this was a great idea. Uh, women love t-shirts and um, they sold. I mean, literally like I printed out hang tags from my printer at home. I would cut them out, I had a tag gun. I would tag them as the orders came in. They'd pay me the same day and like made a simple exchange. And so I did that, you know, the first few months that we were in business and then I kind of toyed around with different t-shirt ideas and I got in the Royal Standard when I first got started and I was there up until, um, shoot. <laughs> Somebody's calling you on. Yeah, that, that would be my daughter. Stream. Don't, I guess she's not <laughs> watching. <laughs> um, so literally I was um, just trying to kind of the first, I would say the first five years was just figuring out um, what kind of t-shirts people liked, what kind of designs did they like, mm -hmm. finding the right designer um, that worked with me. Like, But I hustled uh, so hard. <laughs> and I got into Royal Standard, and that was a really great launching pad for us. I think that's what I was about to say before my phone rang. And we were in their stores up until... Um, once the store opened, I just couldn't do do both. But the Royal Standard was a really great launching pad for us, just to be able to have a place and put our stuff there, which is why I think having local pop-up in this store is so important to me um, and my business partner, is that it gives eyes to products that you may not have had the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, to be able for people to see your stuff. So Royal Standard will always hold a special place in my heart because they gave me an opportunity to be in their stores and I was there for nine years and that really helped me, you know, sell the t-shirts, make the money, put it back in the company and kind of create that whole wheel. And just so y'all know, like the company did not make any money for a really long time. Like mm -hmm. you just keep <clears throat> funneling profits back into your company back into other people so you can continue to grow the business. And so um, so that's kind of how I got started. And then as I continued to kind of grow, I knew like we needed to be, our product needed to be in stores. Um, we, so we started um, going to like apparel markets to display our product. Mm -hmm. And during those years, it really was um, just trial and error, kind of going back to how we came up with t-shirts and how we printed them and what did well and what didn't. That kind of was the same story with just creating the t-shirt designs and just trying to get our brand in stores. Um, I find that even still now today, it's really hard because we are way more Louisiana goods and apparel. Mm -hmm that it is a little bit more challenging to grow outside of Louisiana because it's all Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to these different markets, it's hit or miss if you're gonna get to be in front of a Louisiana store or not. 
So we've learned that the apparel markets are not really our thing because um, there's so much money invested in them. And, you know, Louisiana buyers, they have so many different market choices that they can go to. It's it just really hit or miss. So we try to really focus our online wholesale business more just through word of mouth. Okay. So if you want our products in the store, let us know so we could reach out to them because that's the best way for us to find new stores. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, going back, we, um, it was a great opportunity in the very beginning though because we were able to meet a lot of stores at that time. We just were there at the right market, the right time, and we were able to make those relationships. And thankfully, most all of them have continued to buy from us over the years and through the name changes and different things as we've continued to evolve and grow. So, um, so those have been some good, good things that we've been able to do. And then um, I feel like I'm sidetracking, so bring, bring me back to the question. <laughs> well, I wanted to hear about how you oh, got Oh, and change the, the names. Well, yeah, definitely that. Tell okay. me, run me through quickly, because I want to talk about that a little bit okay. in depth, but run me through quickly how you get something copyrighted and trademarked, and then also how you got the licensing to do like LSU stuff. So um, we worked with an attorney to handle our, <clears throat> our trademark. Um, you know, you can do a state trademark um, that's only specifically tied to your state, but we wanted Sweet Baton Rouge to be a national trademark. So we worked with an attorney um, and she kind of helped guide us and, and give us the direction that we needed from a copyright standpoint, even mm -hmm. further into trademark. So we've been able to trademark our Sweet Baton Rouge name um, and Don't Stop, Just Go. Okay. Um, so those are two components that I really visually can see really continuing to flourish. And there's a lot of great opportunities with both of them. Mm -hmm. And so from a national standpoint, those <clears throat> are protected. And, um, and it's kind of like, if you think about LSU, I mean, we have to have designs approved through LSU to be able to sell, even if it's our own designs, for us just to put the word LSU on their t-shirts have to be approved gotcha. before we can sell anything. Okay. So, um, and does, does LSU like get a portion of the, and they, they get a royalty percentage okay. of, of every For those sales. Yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. And so we try to create, you know, our LSU designs to be specific and unique to Sweet Baton Rouge to be part of the LSU, you know, branding. So, um, so when, we're, so we don't, incorporate a ton and we don't have a ton of LSU is because it's designed in-house and just the process you have to go through, it's easier to just kind of keep a small portion that's specific to who we are and why we pick those designs specifically mm -hmm. for Sweet Baton Rouge. Gotcha. Um, okay. And then I definitely want to ask, cause you've changed the name and the brand a, a few times, yeah. but the biggest change was from it was sft yep. into taking on your most popular shirt right yeah. i think that was most, your most popular shirt the sweet boundary shirt and making that like the the, the brand for the company right. so i guess talk tell me like where your headspace was whenever you first started thinking about that and like why you were leaning in that direction so um i always say this when people ask because i do think it's important if you're wanting to start a business um I just 
started with that first t-shirt that said football on it and I was like, well, I want to sell f- football t-shirts. So I was like, why not call ourselves football tees? Mm-hmm. And so once we uh, started as football tees, we had to go and start a website. So when we, we couldn't just be footballtees.com. Um, so we had to put something before that. So we had to be shop football tees. And as we went to our first market, as mentioned earlier, as we were meeting these new buyers and different things, shop football tees does not roll off your tongue super easy. And people are like, huh, what did you say? And so I was like, okay, that was a good learning experience. So I was like, well, maybe we should change our name and, and, and it be a little bit more specifically tied to more of what we do. So we changed it to Southern Football T-shirts, which again was more of a mouthful. And so um, we later, you know, over the years just created the acronym SFT. Mm-hmm. And then that same, it just between football tees, shop football tees, Southern football t-shirts and SFT, none of it ever really flowed off your tongue. People always ask, well, what is that? Like there never was just like, like, ah, like, oh yeah, like, or even like strong confidence within the actual name. And even my poor husband, he's like, I don't know (laughs) what the name is anymore, you know? And so, um, I started the design in 2011 for Sweet Baton Rouge, and it was always something that I thought would make such a great um, company name. And in fact, when we moved into our showroom, we actually had Sweet Baton Rouge outside of our space mm-hmm. because I was like, if I ever do have a store, it would be called Sweet Baton Rouge. But from a when I was looking at it from a retail and a wholesale business, I never knew if people would buy sweet baton rouge if it was branded that way Mm -hmm. anywhere besides in baton rouge yeah so i think you know like it just took some time to develop who sweet baton rouge was through sft and all the other names that we've had and to build that um rolodex of designs and understanding who we were to make that decision um i mean i i always would have wanted to do it And thankfully, it was uh, Sarah who was just like, Meredith, and this was after our first holiday pop-up. At the end of it, she's like, Meredith, you really should consider changing your name to Sweet Baton Rouge. And it was kind of a no-brainer at that point, so it just made sense at that point to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm really appreciative that she pushed me to do it because I was always hesitant of doing it, and once we did it, um, I've just always had so much more confidence within the name. You know what I'm saying when I say Sweet Baton Rouge. You recognize the, like, it's just, it's, it finally, after 10 years, Sweet Baton Rouge really has set into its own uh, brand. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that goes back to in the very beginning, like, now I feel like I can really visualize I can internalize exactly all the things and words of who Sweet Baton Rouge is now. Where before, it just didn't come super easy. Yeah. Um, even though I started this company, I just wanted to create t-shirts. Yeah. There wasn't much more on paper other than that. So now I feel like it's, it's evolved into so much more 
with giving back to the community, to having community events, to loving local, to all the things is what Sweet Baton Rouge is. Cool. And that's where I feel like all of our pocketed brands all have the same small, like inklings of the same type passions and missions mm -hmm. all together. Um, so what was, so how were you thinking about I guess before you made like the announcement of changing and all that. Cause I remember you actually, you called me and we talked briefly uh, about it and you were kind of like thinking through, you know, should I change the name officially? Should I not? Yeah. So what was, I mean, cause especially now that you've done it and it's, and it's happened, it makes total sense. Everything is like, seems like the engine's pumping, yeah. like everything is falling into place in this brand. But before you actually did that, I'm sure there was some like fear of doing it and messing up what you had already It was had. scary. So what was your kind of It was the biggest scare was um, changing our names socially. So, you know, we had to get Facebook approval and show actual documentation and Instagram was easy to just change your name, but it was almost like scary that people would, um, you know, just, I don't know, just not know, like stop following us or whatever because mm -hmm. they don't know, recognize the name change or mm -hmm. whatever. And Sweet Baton Rouge was also where Sweet Baton Rouge Insider is. That was the actual name for Sweet Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. So literally like me and Sarah at like five in the morning, <laughs> we changed it all. Shuffle it all around. Early, early in the morning. Yeah. And we did create a separate Instagram account for um, Shop SFT just to redirect in case people landed there because that's what the Instagram was before. Mm -hmm. And they landed there and then they could go find us at Sweet Baton Rouge. And honestly, like... That was my biggest and scariest reasoning why Sweet Baton Rouge never changed. Um, and it ended up being the simplest thing. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing, it was like nothing skipped a beat. It was perfect. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and, okay. I, I, the store is supposed to open like shortly. Okay. And I, I know you said it's fine if we're still here, but yeah. I also don't want to take up too much time. But I did want to ask you a couple questions about not sweet binary stuff. Okay. So I know that you are a huge fan of a specific type of movie, Hallmark movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're like the Hallmark movie junkie. Yeah. Um, can you tell me how many Hallmark movies you think you've watched? Oh gosh, <laughs> a lot, but I will give you a secret. There's one specific one that I have. Apparently I loved it so much. I recorded it three times. Wow. Uh, it's called the Christmas getaway. And when I, I have a, not that I have insomnia or anything, but I have a hard time going to sleep sometimes. Okay. So if, if my husband's already asleep, I'm either watching friends or I turn on, uh, the Christmas getaway <laughs> and I, it just helps relax me and, and I'm able to go to sleep. So is that, is that like why you like the, cause I was going to get you to pitch me on why Hallmark movies are so amazing. I just like Hallmark movies because they're you know you know how they're going to end there's okay. always one kiss <laughs> and there's always like the small town girl so hey that's me go into the big city or they go back to the small town and yeah. you know it's their first <clears throat> love and something always happens where they n neither party they really got married or something you know there's a reason why they're single and they always have a child and it's just it's just a 
cheesy uh, love movie, and I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's what happens when you get older in your late 30s and 40s, and you just like turn on Hallmark, <laughs> and you got the Golden Girls, and... It's like um, the comfort blanket for yeah, you. Like, yeah, like anytime my husband's gone, I'm like, superior to go, Hallmark, <laughs> 7 o'clock movie. Like, I am awesome. so cheesy. <laughs> cool. Um, tell me about some of your, maybe give me a couple of your favorite books that you've read. Um, okay. I, I guess, uh, like, maybe your favorite fiction, but are you a big fiction reader or? I love, uh, <laughs> I like the movies that are very, I mean, the books that are very, um, serial like uh like crime books crime oh, that's the okay. word right. i like a lot of crime books okay what's the best one you've read um recently i am currently reading um geez what's the name of it i'm i'm kind of i used to be a speed reader and here in the last two years I'm, i've gotten really slow at reading but um shoot what is it um the Last Patient, I think that's what it's called. Okay. That's what I'm currently reading right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I like, um, kind of funny, so I like to buy only hardback books. Okay. And then once, we, on once we moved into the new house, um, Bart built me like a, a desk and, you know, nice. bookshelf. And so I can't put the book on the bookshelf until I've read, like until I finish reading it to okay. build my shelf up. But then I like to take the paper off and just have Absolutely. the hard book. Take the cover off and throw it away. Yes. Yes, 100%. But I can't do that until I finished reading it. Okay. That's probably and a good so rule. I currently have a ton of books with covers still on them because <laughs> Not on the shelf. I don't have time to read. And the only time I really get to read is if we go, um, we have a camp um, in Mississippi. And literally, I feel like it's it's my way of taking naps and reading and eating Mexican food nice. um, at our favorite little place because I can finally like relax. If I'm at home, I really work constantly. So um, I, don't, I don't take that self-care love that I should and focus more on reading. Got it. Because <laughs> I love it. Um, is there a book that um, helped you in business or like gave you some ideas or some direction on I definitely have side? read different books, but I'm currently reading Traction okay. as well. And then I really love, um, I like listening to audiobooks. Mm. Um, and then I also love um, a podcast. So yeah. I find like I get a lot of my inspiration and business knowledge mostly from podcast cool. because I can just listen to that while I'm driving all around. Yeah, definitely. So and, that's, that's my what's go-to. And uh, what's some of your favorite? Podcast? Um, so this has been a recurring question also on yeah, this yeah. podcast. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> digging right now the boutique hub. Um, I'm not a member. I was in previous years, but um, it's a great podcast that shares a lot of like boutique type um, okay. awareness or things that we should be doing. I think that one's good. In the past, I really loved uh, Jenna Kutcher had a really great podcast and she still does. But I feel like I've kind of gained all the knowledge I could there. Um, but for any new people, I think she is called the, uh, gold digger, I think. Okay. And then, um, there's some other local people that I really like as well. I just don't have their, the names of their podcasts. Um, there's a local girl here called the, I think it's called the crappy Christian. Oh yeah. I've um, heard of that one. It's yep. Blake. Okay. Um, and so I really <laughs> like her podcast. I think it's great. And then, um, I like your podcast. I Thank listen you. to, um, uh, the Patty G's as mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. Jordan Heffler, 
Um, and then I know that there's a few new local people's podcasts. Um, like I think Brunch for the Soul is starting a new podcast. Okay. So um, I definitely feel like I have a gamut of different things that I like to listen yeah. to. And you live, in, you live out in Gonzales, right? So you've yeah. got a little bit of a commute. Yeah. That's what we just moved from way out to a little bit closer so okay. that was that's the one thing that's the only good thing the only good thing about having a longer commute Oops. is yeah. listening to podcasts and yeah. stuff and anytime i know that i'm traveling somewhere i love listening like i kind of yeah. write down all the ones i'm going to listen to mm-hmm. um so i think you know traveling is definitely i i rarely listen to music in my car yeah it's same. mostly podcasting same yeah for sure i actually heard someone also or not heard but i read someone posted uh, a thing on linkedin about um his like morning routine mm-hmm. and he actually said like in the mornings that he would not do anything that just an interesting caveat but he would ride to the office in silence yeah. so then he could like think about the day and like what he was going to do or whatever yeah. and i thought that was interesting but uh but then yeah. i guess listen to it. but i i am uh, i am with you on the hard cover for some reason yeah. hardcover books are way so better awesome. and, and i, I envision i envision like at some point in my future hopefully i have like a bookshelf with like hundreds of books yeah. on it but but secretly i, I like I'm not a good reader and, and don't read very often. So I'm thinking like maybe I'll just have to buy the book twice. I'll like have to get the hardcover from my shelf yeah. and then buy the audio book and listen to it. Yeah. And then it's like I've read all these books. That's right. But I don't know. My wife makes fun of me because I have, because we have so Bart many books. Bart doesn't like, I mean, like, he likes do magazines. These? Does he? I have a thousand <clears throat> car magazines. Okay. Right? Yeah. I know he, you, y'all just sold the. The old Mustang. We sold the 67 red Mustang. and um, that, that thing was sweet. It was really sweet. It, it was fun. It's, it's um, I think we had it for five or six years. That's cool. So, so what's um, he buying next? I can't say. Does he know? <laughs> oh, we have it. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> we actually just got it this week, but wow. he would kill me. Yeah. He's such a, he's my I'll ask him. I just talked to ask him. Ask him because he's him. super private. He doesn't like to share <laughs> stuff, but. You'll have to ask him. It's pretty sweet. Cool. Uh, you also, I want to ask you, you mentioned that you'll have a camp um, and you go hunting. Yeah. So I started hunting um, a couple years ago. Um, so my, I've grown up since I'm from North Louisiana. Uh-huh. I've always grown up um, just being outdoors, being out in the country, whatever. And my dad's always been a big hunter. Got so it. a couple years ago for my birthday, Bart got me a, a bow and... Um, I guess I'm on my third or fourth year of bow hunting. And that's that's the other thing too. You don't just hunt, but you bow hunt. A bow hunt. I've been hunting my whole life and yeah. I still haven't. I can't bow shoot hunted. a gun. <laughs> I tried to, like I never shot a gun with my dad. And then um, Bart's like, let's try and you know, you shoot a gun and maybe that would be what I would do. And I literally like I felt like going in slow motion of like the bullet coming out and literally I was only shooting like a small gun, nothing big, (laughs) but it freaked me out so much that I called my dad. I was all upset. And I mean, I'm a grown woman. You just got to do it a few more times. I'm really goofy. Like I would love to try it again for sure. Um, I'm not ready for it though, but bow hunting is my jam. It feels like you're super powerful and you're doing something that, That you know, powerful that not everybody does and so I, I'm always up for a challenge and it's a lot of arm strength and coordination and I haven't killed a deer yet but I do love just shooting a bow mm-hmm. and um giving it a try that's like it's like one of those things that not many people do but people have been doing it for like forever yeah because like, there was bows long before 
exactly. guns. That's pretty cool. Um, and it's not, you know, a little stereotypical, but not as many women hunt as yeah. men. So when I saw you started posting about that, I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. I'm hoping to, I mean, in the last few years, I just don't have time for, I don't make time. I right, should make more time. There you go. I do have time. Do you think that is a, a big contributor to the success that you've had in 10 years is just how much like the actual time you're spending totally. in work yeah i mean definitely i feel like you have to find balance i've said balance for years but i have not really found the balance <laughs> because i just see so so much potential that i could work if i didn't have a family and i lived by myself <laughs> I would work all the time. Mm -hmm. I would work until my eyes closed and I would get back up. Be, and, and, and the thing is about me, I freaking love what I do. So like getting up in the mornings and starting my day, I love it. Like it is, it brings me so much joy. And, and I think that's something that is super important. If it brings you joy and it doesn't feel like you're, I mean, I am working and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it also brings me so much joy. I'm so grateful. I mean, just to know, like, we started 10 years ago and a person bought something on our website. And here we are 10 years later. Mm -hmm. And hey, we're in our store and we've got people here in the right store. Now, people are I mean, it's right amazing now. to like evolve and go that far. Yeah. And that brings me so much joy that we get to do what we do. Last question for you. Okay. It's been 10 years since you started. How long does it feel like it's been since you started? I feel like I've aged already 10 years in the last month. <laughs> <laughs> so much going on in the last month, but no, um, it's crazy to believe that it's been 10 years. And I was thinking about this the other day, like I wonder like where this is gonna be even 10 years from now. Yeah. Um, I'll be 51 in 10 years. <laughs> Will I still be the model <laughs> in photos 10 years from now? Hopefully you know, so. I don't, you I don't know. Will. I've slowly been <laughs> weeding myself out. But um, but no, like it's just, it's really hard to know like where the 10 years will be. Like where did 10 years go? Um, I started this company when Brody was like 18 months old and now he's 12. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, he has grown up with me working mm -hmm. constantly. Um, so it's definitely, it's just crazy that it's gone by that fast. That's cool. Well, yeah. thank you so much thank for you. meeting me Friday morning. And uh, as I tell everyone, but genuinely, I'm always sincere in saying it. I could ask you a million more questions. So can we'll I tell people what you do for me? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We so we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. No, I just want to share like, so I met Chase, um, like you said, about five years ago. Um, he kind of started to kind of help me create um, more. I remember you telling me like, you need to have a story. You need to have like, like, right, right. like a reason, like when people get on your website to, um, to kind of have an experience. Yeah. And you're like, you really kind of started to bring that conversation to me five years ago to really start really thinking about that more now than than ever and so chase and i have have worked together for the last five years he did some consulting with me in the beginning and then um he works with us throughout 
on all of our websites. Um, just, he is a great person, a great guy, and always does so much for me and, and never asks for anything. And, uh, but you give me some t-shirts and stuff. So. I do, but And still. money, she does pay me too. Like, <laughs> he goes above <laughs> and beyond though. And so it's been so much fun watching you grow and evolve as well in the last five well, years. Well, I really appreciate it. Yeah. wasn't expecting it, but thank you very much. Yeah, so. It's been great. I, I will definitely ask you <clears throat> to do this again. Absolutely. I, I have like more notes that I didn't get to. <laughs> but thanks again. Thank you, and Chase. Best of luck to you. And so what is the, um, the event coming up? It's on the 25th? Yeah, so it's the Ultimate Tailgate here at Electric Depot in Mid-City. Uh, it's a Friday night from 5 to 8. September the 25th. 25th. Yes. So we're going to have boutiques. You're going to have local makers. We're going to have a band out here, guys. We will socially distance, but it is going to be so much fun. I hope you share it with all your friends because we're going to have some great people here and they're going to love to see you out as well. And then your uh, website is sweetbatonrouge.com. Sweetbatonrouge.com. Instagram and Facebook and all that is at Sweetbatonrouge. And then there's the other accounts you can find through there. Yeah. There we go. Single <laughs> brand and everything. Yeah. Great. So thank you so much, Mary. Thank you, Chase. I really awesome. appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Chase Doesn't Know podcast. I really appreciate you continuing to listen to these episodes. I really hope you are enjoying some of these conversations as much as I am. And if you're not, that's okay. I'm having a great time talking to these awesome people, including Meredith. Thank you again, Meredith, for letting me come hang out uh, in your shop before you opened up and ask you a bunch of questions. It was a great time. And as usual, we did not get through half of the questions that I should have asked you. So sorry for being a bad interviewer and I look forward to the next episode. Um, and you should go follow Meredith's uh, Sweet Baton Rouge account on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. I think they even have a Pinterest page um, because they like to post everywhere. They are everywhere. Sweet Baton Rouge, local pop-up, Sweet Baton Rouge Insider. Check out all of the things that she is doing here in the Baton Rouge and surrounding areas and across the South and the nation. I hope you can make it out to their event on September 25th, which if I post this podcast when I think I will post it, it should be this coming Friday. So hopefully you hear this before September 25th and you're able to come out and enjoy that awesome event that Meredith and Sweet Baton Rouge is putting on again thanks a lot for listening um if you subscribe and leave me a review i will be forever in your debt and i very much appreciate it thanks and i will see you on the next one